Give it up for Jesus. Amen. God has done incredible things through us this year, and I'm proud of you guys. I'm excited for what he's done in us, what he's really, what he's doing in us. I hope you guys are here for that. I hope that uh, you guys get excited about Jesus and excited about the work that he's doing in it, in us as I do. That's what keeps us coming back. In fact, people ask us, are you going to have church on the 26th, the day after Christmas? And uh, to me, when the, when the question comes up, are you going to have service or not, for too long, people said, you can't have service. So I said, we're having service. <laughs> you can't, you, no matter, even if I'm the only one there, we're, I'm going to be there, we're going to have church. So <laughs> I got a message for you guys this morning, but before we jump to that message, I want to just say a couple things. Uh, first off, I am like so blown away this morning by you guys coming and setting up. Today we had... Uh, Instead of two services, just one, and I thought, well, uh, let's see if everybody sleeps in, and nobody slept in. We had an awesome morning already, and not only do I have double energy right now, but I have double the time because we combine the services so we can stay for the next two or three hours, right? Y'all ready? (laughs) All right. I promise y'all I'm ready, and uh, some of you guys are already ready for a brand new year. In fact, I had people uh, saying yesterday, even texting, I'm throwing the Christmas tree out. <laughs> How many of you guys are done with Christmas already? I don't think, I, st- I still feel like we're in Christmas. I still, it's the, yeah, we are. Thank you. I got one. Somebody agrees with me. We are still actually all year celebrating who Jesus is, celebrating what he's doing. And um, that's, that is thrilling. So, I would like to say a great big welcome to not only everybody who came into the room today, those of you who are at home this morning, and those of you who are guests. If you're a guest today, I'm so thrilled that you chose this church to be a part of, and if you, if you decide to just look around and figure out, hey, is this a good home for me, we would be thrilled and um, excited and, and want you to feel welcome, but you're, there is no, no pressure ever for you to Uh, join anything or be a part of anything. You just figure it out. That's the best thing. God lets us figure it out. And so um, I want to say a great big welcome to another group of people, and that is those who are traveling, those who are on the road, those who are sitting at home this morning. Maybe you've got guests in your own house. I would like to to give a great big shout out to everybody watching online right now. Let's give it up and make them feel welcome. We love you guys, as always. Watching from home is not as good, but it's almost as good. And I'm happy that we get to share in technology and we get to, uh, still we can do church together. We can do life together. We can do the work of the Lord together. And with that said, I'm going to jump right into a message because I have a good, solid message for you today. And uh, how many of you guys know that in the new year, we always, not only will we start a brand new series next uh, week called Six Decisions, which is, I'm not going to advertise too much for it, but... Uh, I think it is uh, one of the most important messages you'll probably hear or have heard this year. There are six things that are the most important decisions that you'll ever make. And sometimes, if I were to ask you what those were, you'd probably say, well, where am I going to live? Who am I going to marry? Those kinds of things. But I believe that there are six spiritual questions that all of us have to answer for ourselves and decide where we're going to be and exactly how we're going to live. So instead of addressing what kind of habits we want to start or stop in the new year, we can we can actually solve all of those things. We can address all of those with just pointing ourselves spiritually in the right direction. And we can have the best year that we've ever had spiritually. 
physically, if we can, get closer to God. Get closer to God than we've ever been. Uh, Go deeper in prayer than we've ever been. Uh Uh-oh, I lost (laughs) y'all. Start talking about going deep and we start getting quiet. That's that's actually what this message is about today. So I hope you can uh, just gear in and uh, shift gears a little bit and let's reach for the presence of the Lord. Let's each reach for what God has for us as a church. Um, We want to solve the problems of our society. We want to point and say, this is a problem, that's a problem, these people are a problem, that principle, that program, all of, we want to, it's easy to point at problems, but it's harder to say, God, fix the problem in me. Let me be the solution. Let do a work in me that changes my world. And that's really what we should be doing as a church. So one of the most powerful things that we do all year long, one of the most important things that we do is a part of January. Every year we do 21 days of prayer. Somebody said, amen. amen. And fasting. Amen. 21 days of prayer and fasting. And some of you are saying, well, I'm okay with prayer. I love prayer. We go to prayer meeting. We'll wake up early. We'll pray. We'll see God. Yes, but when it comes to that fasting stuff, you've already decided, no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Pastor Sean, that don't feel good at all. I'm not down with that. So I'm going to, I believe my challenge this morning is to convince you that not only do we need to pray and see God, humble ourselves, cry out to God, Turn from our wicked ways so that God can do the work he wants to in us. Part of that is fasting. And I believe that not only does, if you look at every major person, character, uh, man or woman, there are people in the Bible, all of them were fasting. They were praying. They were seeking God. They were the people who God uses. Pray and fast. We do, we want to see God do great things. We want to say, God, do a miracle, but we're not willing, as long as it don't cost me anything. Uh Uh-oh. That just lets you know where the sermon's going right now. So whether you've decided not to or not, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge everybody. Just let's let's go into this uh, year, go into 2022. We want 2022 to be better than 21. We want 2022 to be the greatest year that we've ever had. And I'm telling you that the the crucial, the linchpin of that is whether or not it's the best spiritual year that we've ever had. So you can just decide right now, I'm going to make, I'm going to get my family closer to God. We're going to pray like we've never prayed. We're going to fast. We're going to go to church. We're going to be a part. We're going to put our shoulder to the wheel spiritually and let God do what he wants to do. So uh, when it comes to fasting, I want to talk about fasting today and why you should fast. If you're taking notes today, uh, that, that is awesome to me. Take notes, write down the things that not just are written on the screens. I love that you guys pull out your phones, you take a picture of the uh, of the, the statements or the, the phrases or the scriptures or the things that hit you. But also listen, more important than anything I say today is what the Holy Spirit's going to tell you. Because I'm not going to tell you you should do this for this amount of time. I'm not going to give you the details, but if you'll just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me, I promise you he'll just like, boom, all the details and, and a direction for your new year will just, he'll give it to you. And you'll just be like, I think I need to do this. And if you'll just say, yes, God, then he shows up, and as we draw near to him, guess what? He, draw near, he, he draws near to us. That's what he said he would do. So I want to talk about fasting and, and exactly, maybe you don't even know what that means. Maybe you've already kind of like switched off and thought, I shouldn't have come today. But I promise you, you're in for probably the unexpected thing that a lot of times we say, what am I missing? I, I feel like I'm missing something in my walk of faith. I feel like 
something's not, not quite there. This is probably that thing. This is, the, this is the thing that most Christians, although we should be doing this, we're willing to be blind to it and just say, mm, I, I, just, I, don't, I really don't do it. That's not what I do. But we should. We should be doing it. When I was growing up, um, I, was, I just kind of took fast. I didn't know why I was fasting. I didn't know why we would fast, whether that was a meal or like a series of meals or even at uh, junior high and high school, I didn't know why I was fasting. I just knew that we were supposed to. The people around me did. So, hey, I was so committed to like, I just wanted God to move in my life. Even in middle school, I remember going maybe three days with only liquid. I'm not saying that to brag or anything. I'm telling you that as a teenager, I didn't know what I was doing or why I was. I just thought I'm supposed to. So I did. As a high schooler, same thing. There were times where I would just decide, okay, we're supposed to fast now, so I'm going to go. I would just come up with, a, like, uh, just some felt random. I'm just going to, well, I think I could do this. But can I tell you that when you get intentional about your faith and about your spiritual walk and about why you're going to do what you're going to do, we start getting results. The things that matter in life should be intentional. They shouldn't just be random things. And so we want better. I can tell you this, that comfort and progress never go together. Like you're never going to say, well, I want better this year. I want more. I need God more, but I want to do it as long as it's comfortable. You don't get comfort and progress at the same time. And so there are different times when we fast. There's different reasons why sometimes the reason is that we need an answer. Like we're looking for a breakthrough. Sometimes we know we need a breakthrough. How many of you guys need a breakthrough today? How many of you need a breakthrough for 2022? Maybe it's for your family. Maybe it's for your finances. Maybe it's just that you feel stagnant and you know something's got to change. But we know something. We need something. We don't always know what it is. Sometimes we can put a name on it and say, God, I need you to do this. And we see that through the Bible. We see men and women who just decide... I remember uh, two years back, three years back, right before COVID, my mom was so sick in the hospital. I was desperate. It looked like she was not going to make it. It looked like everything else was used. She was literally dissipating. She was like, every day the numbers were going down. And I thought, God, I need something to happen right now. So we began to pray and fast. We began to make, uh, decide I'm going to do something. And so God showed up in that and Thank God she's living strong today. But there are times in my life where I know when I'm desperate for God. But listen, desperation is not the only time where we should be willing to, to, to pay some price and to put our, our own comfort on the line. It's not just in desperation. There's other times where, uh, especially every 21 days of prayer, we, we step into 21 days of prayer knowing that uh, oh, I'm pretty comfortable. I need to disrupt things in my life so God can step into. Because listen, if I have a full glass, if this cup's full and I'm saying, God, fill this up. But it's already full with other stuff. Fasting is where we say, okay, let me pour out some of this. I'm going to be empty so that God can refill me, so that God can do something. And that, that's exactly what happened when this church was born. I was totally satisfied to serve in the church I was at. In fact, I was thrilled. I was every, every week, I was so happy to show up and do my job. I was probably making more money uh, as a minister than I ever had before. And I had a business working. So my family was working. I was spending more time with my kids than ever. I was fulfilled in ministry. People's lives were being changed everywhere. It was amazing. 
and yet we went into 21 days of prayer, and I just thought, well, I'll just seek God, and we'll just go deeper. I wasn't expecting anything. I didn't have a list. I didn't have a, a, a request from God. God, please do this. There was no desperation. In fact, I had I many times had said to Angela, you know what? We could do this for 10 or 20 more years, and just I would be satisfied to do this, happy to do this, love to do this right here, what we're doing. And and in the first week of that 21 days of prayer, God, of course, I'm not eating. And that I began to just disrupt my own routine, the habits, the, the, the things that I was used to doing. And I felt like God just told me, you need to leave here and go plant a church. Go start a church. And my first thoughts were, God, I don't have any money to do that. I don't have, like, I don't have a bank account where I could just go, boom, it's done. I, there's. I wouldn't take anyone from the church where we were at, so that means I would be all alone. Like, every time I ask myself, well, how can I do that? It's just like the Lord, I felt the Lord just say, I'm going to show you how to do it when we get there. I'll give you all the answers, but you have to do this. I went and told Angela, and, and she said, no, I don't, I don't think that's what God's saying to me. So you just need to go back and keep praying. I said, okay, I'll keep praying. By the third week the, in that 21 days of prayer, in 2017, by the third week, she came to me and said, I think you're right, because every time I ask the Lord about it, he's like, yes. So I, we both agreed to say yes, and we went from there. We left that position at that church, not knowing how we were going to pay bills, how we're not. But I could see in my heart that God wanted to do something like what's happening right now. I didn't know how we would get there, and I don't know how we'll get to the next step, but God's leading us, and God's providing for us. And in the middle of 21 days of prayer and fasting, God decided that, I don't think he just woke up and decided, I think it was in his plan, but I didn't know what his plan was until I started asking him, God, what do, what do you want me to do? So here's this, fasting is giving up something important, write this down, fasting is giving up something important to gain something more important. Are y'all with me? Fasting is when I empty myself of the, all the, the thoughts, and uh, maybe it's food, my desires. And what is that more important thing that we're reaching for? It's for a deeper relationship with God. So real quick, and you can write these down, but I want you to be thinking and starting right now, because listen, you can't just start, hey, okay, I'll start fasting tomorrow. No, you got to think about it. What did we say earlier? The intentionality. You got to start building strategy and thought and thinking. You can't just stop eating. You got to think about what that means and how you're going to get there. And I'll say this from the beginning. If you have health issues where you need to talk to a doctor about what that, like, don't do anything unsafe for you. But there are things and ways that you can be a part of this prayer and fasting. So what do we give up? What are we going to empty? The first thing, uh, typically we talk about food. Food, maybe that looks like an absolute fast. You're going to do maybe water for a day, a week, three weeks. Maybe it's just liquids. Maybe you're going to do uh, liquid soup or you're going to do, but you're not going to do any solid foods. Maybe you're going to do a partial fast uh, for food. And that would be like different types of food that you're going to eat or not eat. You're going to start cutting out certain things. Like how many of you ever heard of the Daniel fast? Maybe you're going to do a Daniel fast. Are you going to do, um, it, it would be periods of time so that you're going to 
uh, only eat when the sun goes down or you're, or you're not going for those who have jobs that you're working in labor. They're, like I, I know there's a lot of things to take into account when you're trying to build a strategy for fasting, but the key is making yourself uncomfortable. And I know that's not what we want to do. We want to, Pastor Sean, I need a little bit more comfort in my life. But how many of you know sometimes you have to, it has to get worse before it can get better. You have to dig in and you have to, you have to be willing to empty something before you can be filled. And so maybe it's that, maybe it's an electronic fast. Maybe you're going to give up television or social media. Somebody said, oh, amen. (laughs) If that scared you when I said that right now, maybe you need to consider doing it. If you just, if your heart stopped when I said that you could give up social media, (laughs) listen, there are some things that we need to push away from a little bit. Maybe it's video games. Maybe it's the internet. All the things we think we need, maybe it's news. There's, the, there's an element of detoxing that goes on where we get far enough away from all of the toxic, all of the, the negative, all of the voices. Maybe it's not food or electronics. Maybe it's uh, activities or hobbies or uh, sports or maybe your hobby is Netflix or going to the movies or like, This is not a prescribed thing that I can tell you, hey, you should do X, Y, and Z. Because this is for you to decide where you make a decision. Maybe it's sodas or sugars or like something where you can can decide it's going to cost me. David in in the Old Testament said, I'm not going to give God something unless it costs me something. So don't just decide, I'm going to give God... uh, Okay, God, I'm going to give you Brussels sprouts. I'm, I'm just going to, it's going to be hard, but I'm not going to eat Brussels sprouts for 21 days. <laughs> Listen, it's got to, it needs to cost you, it needs to be something that is going to be a little bit painful for you because it's in that pain, it's in that loss where you're empty and he can put something else inside there. So what does that look like for how long? Maybe it's a day, maybe it's three days, seven days, Maybe it's uh, 21 days. Maybe it's 40 days. Jesus and Moses fasted for 40 days. Maybe it's until a breakthrough happens. Maybe you just decide, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to fast until God shows up, and this issue that I'm struggling with, I get breakthrough. Because why do we fast? It's for breakthrough. If we boil it all the way down into one word, it's for breakthrough. It's because I need God It's because I'm desperate, even if I don't feel, even if I just feel super comfortable, I'm desperate to get uncomfortable if it means I can get closer to God. So we need God in our families. We need God in our church. We need God in this community. You need God like never before. And if you look around at the world, you can only come to that conclusion that we desperately need God like never before. My kids need God like never before. And so I want to give you some quick, you can write each of these down. I'm going to give you hopefully arguments, convincing arguments as to why you need to fast. Why you should be fasting when we're fasting and why you should take notice and use this thing that God has given us, this um, practice so that we can sharpen ourselves spiritually take a hold of the word take a hold of prayer and we can walk into a new year with more power and more authority and more focus and more clarity and more breakthrough than we've ever had 
All right, so here's number one. The first thing that fasting does for us is that it brings me closer to God. And I've kind of been saying that in different ways since I started this message. That I draw nearer to God whenever I start fasting because I'm, I'm pushing away from the world and the things of the world and the desires of the world. And, and at the same time while I'm praying, I'm pushing the world away and I'm stepping closer to God. I hope y'all can hear me right now. You are not created. Like God didn't make you so you could show up and sit on a chair at a church somewhere. He didn't create you just so you could get that cool shirt that says, I was made for this, although you were made for this. To serve on the dream team and to do great things. Listen, he created you to connect to him. He created you for fellowship with him. He created you so that you could draw near to him. <laughs> Excuse me, and have a closer relationship with him. How many of you have ever had a bad internet connection? Or a bad cell signal. I don't have my phone with me right here. They're using it for programs. <laughs> Broadcasting. But what happens whenever we don't have a good signal? We start like, everything else stops. We get desperate for internet signal. We, get, we will do any, get them on the phone. Get Comcast on. Get somebody on the phone and help me. Because we, we, when we don't have a connection, we'll do anything. This year we were driving through Illinois, and I'm telling y'all, I've never been to Illinois before, but just looking from the corn, like as far as you could see. And I'm telling you, there's a bunch of moments, there's a bunch of big chunks of time where we didn't have internet, we didn't have cell phones. <laughs> I thought, man, we just went back in time. I left the hotel when we finally arrived, had everything going, and I thought, well, I'll get in the car, and then I'll set my GPS because I was going to visit a pastor. And so I got in the hotel. I mean, I left the hotel, got in the car, started driving because I kind of knew what direction it was in, and I started trying to get my phone to tell me where GPS to go. I couldn't get a cell signal, so I spent the next 20 minutes driving around just trying to get it to tell me where to go. And so I'm watching my phone, I'm watching the bars, I'm trying to, uh, the, the little signal bars, and I'm going to the next town, and then maybe I could get a signal here. I'm resetting my phone. I'm like, where's the Starbucks? I just need something. I was working hard to get a connection. I hope y'all follow me, because we're going somewhere. Y'all probably have a, the same little place in your house that I do. Sometimes the signal's not good, I have to put my phone up in the window just right. It's, it's up there, right? We, we, have, we, we will work very hard, but when it comes to your spiritual connection and your relationship with God, some of you had a bad connection for a long time. You don't even know it. You had not gotten any messages? Well, I don't know why. I haven't been getting any messages from God. I don't know. I hadn't heard anything from God. He must be busy. I don't... <laughs> He's probably trying to wait for you to get connected. That's what 21 days of prayer and fasting is about. Watch what Joel chapter 2 verse 12 says. That's why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. God doesn't, want, God doesn't just want money. He's not looking for your church attendance or your membership. What God wants is your heart. And so when we push into fasting and when we when we push into prayer and we push into our, our time with God, 
It's not that we don't do that all the rest of the times of the year. It's that we need to, we need, we need to take a minute and put things in order. And we decide that this year, this, this coming year is going to be better than this past year. There's some things that I'm going to leave in the past year. There's some things that I'm going to start doing. This is a private discipline that brings a public reward. This is something that you, you do it in. You don't have to tell me, you know, Pastor Sean, I actually went seven days without eating anything. And I'd like to tell everybody about it next Sunday. Listen, this is not that. This is not so we can brag to each other about, well, I didn't eat any donuts and I didn't eat any. This is not that. This is something that happens in the back room, but it affects the whole rest of your life. The second thing that fasting does for us is that it helps us to control our flesh. Maybe you've had something that you haven't been able to get control of. Maybe you've had something you've been, you have habits and hangups and, and, um, The Bible calls it a stronghold. There's things that get a hold of us, and we just can't, like, I've tried to stop, Pastor Sean. I've tried to do this. I've tried to do this. I've tried to quit doing this. I just can't. You know, it's just like it's got a hold of me. There's times when we just have the only way to break through that is whenever we just decide, okay, I want to start praying and I'm fasting and I'll put that on my list. Because our flesh, our desires, our feelings, they can get so, uh, so powerful, so strong that our spirit is weak and can't tell it no. And I don't have to go down a list of all the things that we struggle with. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes, to, goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body. Everybody say my body. And make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. There's some stuff going on in your flesh and in your body that, that wants to control the rest of your life. And you've got to tell the flesh, no, sir, no, you're not doing that. No, you're not going to get everything you want. No, you're not going to eat anytime you want. No, you're not going to look at that whenever you want. No, you're not going to go anywhere you want on the internet. No, you're not going to drive to that person's house. No, you're not going to text that person. In fact, there's some things and some people, maybe you get into fasting. Maybe you just make, start making decisions in the middle of this moment where God just says to you right now, maybe he's speaking to you right now. There's a person in your life that you just need to text them right now. It's over. Maybe there's a place that you need to stop driving by every day. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's this thing that you just need to cut out completely. Well, Pastor John, it's not that bad. <laughs> They're not that bad. If I could just get the rest of my life under control, then that, that, that really wouldn't be any big deal. But that might be the thing that the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you, hey, the person that I want you to become, that's not in their life. There's three, you have a body, you have a mind, you have a spirit. And those three parts of you are competing 
for control. Those three parts of you all want to be in control, and yet some, it's very easy to let the body be in control. Just feed it, and take care of it, and give it anything it wants. Like a baby. If you give a baby anything they want, what happens? <laughs> they turn into a little monster. <laughs> and it's the same thing that happens with your body when you give it anything it wants. It turns into a monster. And it turns into a, a monster that will cry every time it doesn't get what it wants. So you've got to stop feeding your flesh. You've got to stop feeding that flesh. And maybe that's to turn off Netflix for a little while. Maybe it's the secular music. Maybe it's a relationship. Fasting starves my flesh so that I can feed my spirit. Fasting starves my flesh so I can feed my spirit. I can't tell you what that would look like for you. But you can ask the Holy Spirit, where, what, what, am, what is this supposed to look like, God? Too many people wait and expect the pastor to, to just sort it out. And that's completely evident when everything goes wrong. And then you call the pastor and say, Pastor, I need help. I tried everything else. Or we call on God in a prayer. God, I've done everything else. But now I need you. Let's go to God first. Let's begin to put it in order. Galatians chapter 5, 26. Watch this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. They're, head, they're butting heads, the Spirit and the flesh. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Maybe your spirit wants to be closer to God. Maybe you want to read your Bible more. Maybe you want to watch less social media. Maybe you want to not be involved in that relationship. And listen, fasting is what starts to turn the tide of power back over to your spirit, man. It starts to take some of the, the, the authority and some of the energy and some of the strength that your flesh has and give it to the spirit. I have this picture in my mind of there have been a lot of boxing MMA matches recently in the news and uh, there's always that moment before the fight where the two fighters meet and what do they do? They go to a press conference and they talk to each other and talk trash and then they'll go stand face to face, right? And they might push their head up. They'll kind of try to intimidate each other. And maybe they'll do this and maybe they'll give their meanest scowl, right? And they, but neither of them are intimidated. But if it's a match between your flesh and your spirit, I wonder what, I, I wonder what the contrast between those two is because if you've been feeding your flesh... He's nice and strong. He's toned. He's aggressive. Or she. He's, they're ready. But the spirit man, I wonder what the condition of our spirit man looks like. Maybe the fight's going on and spirit man's over there cowering in the corner because you haven't been feeding him. Looks like the spirit man hadn't eaten in a little while. Some things that we don't know belong in our life. Some things uh, that God wants to do, and we're just so weak spiritually that we're not ready for the fight. But we can get our spirit stronger, and fasting begins to turn the tide between those two. So number three. Number three gives us clarity 
in hearing God's word. Number three is with all the voices going on in the world, whether that's television, and I'm going to keep saying social media, and the internet, and the, the news, and politics, local politics, all the world politics, there's so many things that are swirling around in our heads. It's like having on 10 different radios and trying to listen to one of them. You got to start turning some things off so you can cue into the one thing that really matters. And God's not going to come and slap you and say, hey, listen to me. <laughs> That's what we want, right? We want God, Joey, we want God to come and grab a hold of us and just shake us and say, hey, would you listen to me? I wish God would do that sometimes, but God's just in a still, small voice. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and he just, he's there when we're, when we're ready to listen. I think the problem is we don't always want to hear what God has to say. But here's what I do know. I do know that God has a lot to say about your family. You think God don't care about your kids as much as you do, or God doesn't care about your business and your, your life? God cares about every part of your life. There are things that you need to start in your life. Maybe you're questioning, like, God, I don't, 2022, all the things that have happened, I, I know there's some things I need to start, but you just don't know where. This is where we start listening to God really close, and he starts leading us in this direction, that direction. I want you to start this. I want you to stop doing that. I want... Let's cue into what God has to say to us because God's not confused. <laughs> COVID didn't confuse God. God wasn't like, oh man, what are we going to do now? <laughs> that didn't happen. COVID didn't surprise God and neither did any of the other stuff that happened in your life. But you can't hear God's instructions unless you're listening. Proverbs chapter three, verse six says, seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. But you have to listen. You have to cue. You have to. The, the best illustration I think of who God is to us as a shepherd. And, it, and the, the sheep follow the shepherd. He don't stand behind them and drive them and whip them and tell them, go that way or else. No, he just walks and goes. They know his voice. They don't follow anybody else. So that's what we've got to do. We've got to listen to his voice and practice listening to his voice. Most of the problems that you have in your life would end. Most of the problems would be solved if you would just listen to what God has to say about them. If we'd stop listening to the problem and start listening to the voice of God. Prayer is a conversation that involves both speaking and listening. We go into prayer sometimes that we just, we gotta, we gotta pray the mountain out of our way. We have to pray the roof off and yet we don't take the time to listen to what God has to say. That's a two-part conversation. The most important part of prayer is the listening part where he speaks and says, okay, everything you said is great, but here's the plan. And, and usually we don't get the whole part of the plan, right? So often the, be, the, the only part of the plan that we get is it go that way. But if we go that way, we're lost. If we're not listening to God, we're not listening to the most important person in the room. And I grew up at that the most important person is the room, in the room is the person who everybody listens to. 
If you go into your boss's office, imagine this. If you just walk right into your, not your like direct boss, but like their boss. And you just walk in and you just start talking. All right, listen up. I got, I got some ideas for around here. Most of your bosses, will, our boss would just look at us and say, who are you? What are you, what are you doing? Oh, when they start talking, we start listening, right? Imagine walking into the governor's office. I was going to say president, but some of you guys would just walk right in at this point. We're so, we, we got things we need to say, but the, maybe the governor. <laughs> if you just walked in and decided, hey, I got a list. Let's talk about it. God has things. God cares. God, God has things. God, Angela tells me all the, all the time. Hey, can you sit down? Can we talk for a minute? I have, <laughs> I have some words to give you. And uh, she usually has a lot of words, and that's good. I like all the words. But I think sometimes God wants to tell us, hey, I got some words. <laughs> Do you have any time for me? Number four, consecration for greater things. Consecration for greater things. That means that God, God, God prepares us for things that we might not even know about yet. Maybe we do know that something's coming. Looking back, God was preparing us for COVID. Looking back, God has prepared us for so many things. Couldn't, could, I don't think we could be totally mentally prepared, but we, we began to trust God more. This last week, I uh, opened the refrigerator, and man, there's some like really nice things in there. And I thought... Ooh, this is good. Angela saw me and she said, hey, that's for Christmas. <laughs> that's special stuff. Don't eat it. Don't drink it. Don't touch it. <laughs> I said, but I'll just come back later and sneak in there and no one will even know. But that was special stuff, right? Cookies and treats and it was, it was set aside. That's what God does for us. God's, God sets us aside and he begins to prepare us and clean us and get us ready for things like we might not even know what's coming. In Joshua 3, 5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. I don't know what 2022 holds, but I do know that God's going to do amazing things. And I do want God to do amazing things in my life. So when I walk into 21 days of prayer, there's some things I'm praying for, but I'm also saying, God, I don't know what's coming. Whatever you want to do in me, get me ready. Fasting is like preparing for a surprise fight that we don't know, we don't know what's coming, but we know something's going to happen. It's training and preparing and getting the word in us and getting the world out of us connecting with God. So not only does it bring us closer to God, help us to control our flesh, bring clarity in hearing God's voice and consecration for greater things. Number five and the final point, and you can write that down. And then I don't know about you guys, but after, after listening to this, I hope you're thinking, man, I think I should fast. I hope I, after four already, some of you are thinking, you know, it might be a good idea if we just do a little fast. Maybe, maybe we'll try something. Let me challenge you. If last year you gave up something, just take it up a notch. If last year you did one day or maybe you did without lunch or maybe whatever that looks like, let's go a little bit deeper this year because God knows we need him more this year than we've ever needed. Number five, 
And I'll close with this. But fasting also helps us conquer the impossible. There are things in your life that I don't care how good you are. There are things in your life that are impossible. There are things that we're up against that none of us can overcome by ourselves. There are struggles that you absolutely cannot beat. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's a, a habit or something in your marriage. There's, maybe you feel like you're losing your marriage. Maybe you feel like you want to be married. There are things that the devil is doing in your life. And we, we, we spent a lot of time talking about this in, uh, about two months ago. The enemy is out to trap you, to steal from you, to kill you, to destroy you. And alone, without the power of God in our lives, we don't stand a chance. But what happens when we connect to God and when it happens when we go deeper into his presence that nothing is impossible. Not addictions, not strongholds, not questions that have been left unanswered, not the not the, the baggage of the past that feels like it's going to break my back. None of those things are too strong and too powerful for him. I want to read you one last verse. It's in Mark chapter 9, verse 17. And Jesus with the disciples, something happens here that we don't, it shows us like behind the curtain of the, uh, of the way things work spiritually. We begin to get like an insider view to how God works especially when it comes to doing miracles and doing the impossible. And so a man comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, my, my son, he's afflicted. He has a mute spirit and it, it, it takes a hold of him and throws him down and he foams at the mouth and gnashes of his teeth. He becomes rigid and like has seizures. And he said, I spoke to the disciples. They couldn't do anything. They, tr they, they, they tried to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus saw the people running later. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to a deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. So Jesus steps into a situation where the disciples, could, they couldn't get the job done. It was an impossible task for them. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And then it says he, fell, he became as one dead. So that many said, he's dead, the kid's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And then something amazing happens. Like that part was amazing. The miracle was amazing, but then you also see into what the disciples are trying to do and the, the struggle of ministry and the struggle of the Spirit, not just what was happening physically. Oh, the kid's better now. And when he had come into the house, uh, he left there, and when he came come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, like, hey, why couldn't we cast that out? Why couldn't we do what you just did? And so he says to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. In other words, you can't just, you can't get that kind of a response and that kind of uh, result by doing what you've been doing. You've got to do something else. He said, the answer is, and fasting. You were made for spiritual things. You were made for impossible things. In fact, maybe you've been in church or ministry for some time and you're thinking, 
Why can't I see miracles like that? Why can't I hear about this happening and that? Why can't that happen in my life? Maybe there's some things that you've been hoping will happen. Maybe there's some steps. We talk about steps a lot. There's some steps that you need to take spiritually. You just don't know how. Can I tell you? When you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say to me? What what should my fast look like? What should 2022 look like? We're looking for that next level with God. And I, I, I don't know every next step, but I do know that this is a next step that will take us there. As a church together, as a team, as a family doing God's work, we can do more than we've ever done, but only because we're going deeper spiritually than we've ever been. So I want to pray for you right now. And as I pray, I don't want you to just listen to me. I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit. I want your prayer to be, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say to me today? As we end this year, and we're making plans and thinking about what things will look like, and my prayer is that God drops vision into your heart, that God just, boom, he he downloads vision, and just the Holy Spirit just starts settling on you. might not be comfortable. That's, That's the caveat. It might not be the thing you've been But here's the promise. When we seek him and we acknowledge him, when we, when we don't trust in our way, but when we trust in him, his way, then he'll make our paths straight. It doesn't look like it's straight, but he makes it straight. He makes the impossible possible. So I want to pray for you. And let's reach for breakthrough. Dear Lord, today we pray right now that your Holy Spirit would speak to us today, God, as we prepare for 21 days of prayer and fasting, as we prepare to reach for you like we've never reached for you, as we prepare to walk this church and walk our families and lead our children and lead our husbands, uh, lead our wives and our families into your will and your purpose, God. I thank you that you are our shepherd and that you lead us, you guide us, You take us where we need to be. And God, we don't need absolute clarity for what the path ahead looks like. God, we just, we absolutely trust you. We depend on you, Lord, and we're believing that you're going to show up in every part of our lives. We're not going to hold back any areas. And God, today, if there are things in our lives that we've cordoned off and said, no, this is my private space. God, today, we just take down the ropes. We... We move aside the obstacles and say, Lord, use my life. Lead me and guide me. In Jesus' name, amen. And today, before before we leave this place, I want to speak to one more group of people, and that is everybody who today is your day. You've been considering giving your life to Jesus. You've been considering submitting your life to him. We use the word surrender because that is... That's the, the, the condition of our heart when we say, God, I'm, I'm available. I'm, I'm ready. All it takes is a, a, a prayer of commitment, a decision in your heart, and a confession out of your mouth. And that's why we say this prayer at the end of the service. So I won't, I won't ask you to stand up or embarrass you, come forward, anything like that. But I would love for you to say this prayer with me. Maybe you're watching at home today and you feel like, you feel like you're far away from God and you've needed 
to put things in order. You've needed God in your life. You just don't know exactly how to do that. Can I give you this offer to try God and give God a chance to be in control? When we surrender our lives to him, not only does he give us a new heart, not only does he put his spirit in us, he gives us eternal life. Everything changes. So I'd love for us to say that prayer together. So would you just bow your head and close your eyes right where you are, everybody in the room. Nobody's looking around, so nobody's embarrassed. But if, that, if that's you today and you're saying, Pastor Sean, I want to say that prayer. I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to invite him to be my Lord and my Savior. If that's you with nobody looking around, would you just raise your hand and put it right back down? Say, I want to say that prayer. Thank you. Awesome. Anybody else? Just put your hand right up. Awesome. Thank you. And for those watching online, let's say this prayer together so that nobody's praying alone. Would you just repeat these words? God, today I give you my life. I invite you into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Fill me with your spirit and make me whole. Make me new. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.